0: Hi guys, Paul here. Welcome to another mini edition of the Baseball Dad Show. Um, and in this edition, we're going to talk about the two things that you might hear from a baseball coach that you should never, ever, ever believe. Before we do that, head on over to baseballdadshow.com. There's a ton of great stuff there. We have a scorecard that can tell you if your son's ready to play at the next level. We have a cut-and-paste email dialogue that you can use to ask your son's coach for more playing time, and a bunch of other cool stuff. So head on over to baseballdadshow.com. So I speak a lot to parents and to, well, a lot of times to coaches, but more and more I'm really only accepting speaking engagements to address parents because that's really what I'm passionate about. And, it's, and in every talk that I give to parents, I thought there's always two things that your son might be told, and you should never believe either of them. And those two things are your son is elite or your son is not elite. Now, I'm going to talk about both of them, but the problem I have, with it is definition of the word elite. So um, usually um, when we're talking about that, we're talking about a kid that is trying out for a program or is being recruited or some kind of process where he's being evaluated. And someone's going to say, you are at this level where you can be part of this elite program, or you're not at this level that, that you cannot play at this elite program. So um, I have no problem with great and aggressive marketing. Um, I think that's an, uh, an important part of business. Great companies we admire, Starbucks, Apple, they are all aggressive, aggressive marketers. And I have no problem with that. And that's usually the word elite is usually used to trigger a marketing event, to trigger a sales event, that your son is elite, therefore you should be in a program like this. And usually what happens after... Uh, A dad being told his son is elite is he's presented an opportunity for his son to demonstrate his elite ability, and it will only cost him, you know, a few thousand dollars or more, a lot more. So I don't have a problem with aggressive marketing. What I do have a problem with is marketing that categorizes people as superior than others. And so they they prey on that, you know, a dad saying, wow, my son has a superior ability. Let me make the most of it. Okay, so if your son is labeled elite, um, or your son is labeled not elite, elite is not the definition, right? What, how they really should be labeled is this. Your son is early genetic developer, or your son is a late genetic developer. Because elite and not elite says one is good, one is bad, right? When it's really not, you know, it's really neither. It, it's, it's one is early developer and one is late developer. So let me talk to both groups. Why you should never believe a coach who says that your son is elite. We talked about that usually right after that comes a big bill for a couple thousand dollars or more. But here's the second thing that happens. If your son is labeled elite and your son is not elite, there's no such thing as an elite six, seven, eight, nine, or 10-year-old. They can't possibly be elite because they are literally developing and maturing at a rate that very little skill can be developed and held on to. And in lies the problem. When your son is labeled elite, what usually happens next is your son is thrust into a team or a program that's going to go play a bunch of games and a bunch of tournaments. And your son is going to spend the next few years doing a lot more playing than he is uh, practicing and developing. And what he's going to use as his primary source to compete and succeed is his early genetic development. So some kids, you know, they look like they're 13 when they're 9. When they they look they look eighteen when they're twelve. They're five ten when they're that, that just happens, right? Some kids are early developers. Um, I'll tell you for me, I was five ten and a half when I was a sophomore in high school. And uh at forty five years old, today, as I'm recording this, I am five ten and a half. I have not grown a single hair since then. I like to say I'm five eleven, uh sometimes six feet, but uh you know how that goes. <laughs> so the problem with that is, is your son is now using his early genetic development—that he's just bigger, faster, stronger—at a quicker rate than other kids—as the tool to succeed. And what oftentimes gets suspended is development. And so now, let me—let me just pause out there—is that that kid doesn't develop at the rate. Um, that he should be. His game doesn't develop. He's just relying on bigger, faster, and stronger. And I've said this a million times on this podcast. We see it in the Little League World Series. We don't see the pitchers and the players at 12 years old in the Little League World Series 20 years later in the big leagues. We just don't see it. We don't. It just doesn't happen. The 12-year-old doesn't show up as a 22-year-old a decade later dominating the big leagues. I know there are a few, but there are few and far between. I think mean, there's only 20 some kids total in the history of the Little League World Series to play in the big leagues. And that is a that is a big number considering how many players have played in Williamsport. Um, so what happens now is that player, when that player turns 12, 13, or 14, and I know this because I talk to the dads who are now 12, 13, or 14, um, all of a sudden now the, the other kids have caught up to their – early genetic development. So now they were bigger, faster, and stronger earlier. Now most of the kids have caught up, and now they, <clears throat> they find themselves a little bit behind the curve on development. They don't have the skills of the game that were needed, and now um, the thing that they were using to succeed, their early, bigger, faster, stronger development, is now becoming less and less and less effective. So now let's take the kid who says, you're not elite. Okay, so you're not elite. So now what happens is that kid doesn't have the competitive opportunities that he needs because so much of our, our 12 and under baseball is really geared towards this elite designation and cuts off the player that, um, you know, maybe is a late developer, and then he develops when he's 12, 13, or 14, 15. So now <clears throat> when we get to, like, age 13, 14 with both of these groups, we get one player who is now can't use his great genetic ability. <laughs> Excuse me, and has lagged on his developmental um, ability, and then we have one player that doesn 't have the competitive development and maybe didn 't have the opportunities um, to really develop that. What we end up with is a lot of mush around like thirteen or fourteen, all because early on, somewhere in the process of six, seven, eight, nine years old, both players were labeled either or you 're this or that you 're elite or you 're not and that designation is the problem there are no there are no such thing as an elite eight nine ten or eleven year old players there are early genetic developers and late genetic developers so here's my message to the dads who who you've been told that your son is elite number one set boundaries and standards to how much your kid is going to play and how much your kid is going to develop never commit to more than three months at a time so you're going to play the spring And then we'll evaluate after the spring if we're going to continue. We're going to play the summer. And then you tell your coach, we're going to evaluate after the summer. This way, you don't get caught in an endless cycle of playing, 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 playing. Number two, make sure that you're balancing out his playing time and his development time. Because coaches will want that bigger, faster player because he's kind of like ready-made, right? Um, I call these players iPhones and Polaroids. An early developing player is like an iPhone. We pull it out, click, it's developed. A late developing player is like a Polaroid. We click, a picture comes out, and then we have to sit there and wait like a half hour for it to develop. And so what happens is the nine-year-old elite travel ball coach, he sees a late developing player and says, look, you're a good kid, but I've got got to win ten tournaments this year. I just don't have time to take you on my team and develop you. So for the dad who has the elite player, set boundaries. And set development times for the for the for the dad who has the son who's labeled not elite. What you need to do, you're going to have plenty of development opportunities because you can obviously invest in those as you go. But what you have to do is you have to search um, as best you can to to get as many competitive opportunities as he can, and um, take every and all competitive opportunities that you can get you can expose your son to. So maybe it's not elite. Maybe it's rec ball. Maybe you gotta travel a little bit to play in a league. And maybe that league isn't so great. I get it. I know that the leagues are are <clears throat> are, you know, there's some quality issues <clears throat> in the leagues, excuse me. But <clears throat> sorry guys, I got some allergies this week. But take your main your main objective if your son has been labeled not elite is keep him in the game. And keep him as many opportunities as you can. The other things that I would tell you to do is is A great secondary sport to baseball is tennis. If you can learn, basically tennis, serving is pitching, returning is hitting, um, and moving around, like if you can master the skills of tennis, it's almost like working on the game of baseball side by side. I never had a problem with a baseball player who was also a tennis player because they had so many base, fundamental, foundational skills and the strength and movement patterns already ingrained. So... Um, again, shorter podcast, um, but take this and and run with it, guys. Because um, it's just remember, there are no elite players or early developers and late developers. And here, you you now from this podcast know exactly what you have to focus on if your son has been labeled either of those. So, thanks for listening, guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Um, head on over to Baseball Dad's Show and check out everything we have there for you. And I'll see you guys next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So, again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.